You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers hang 100 on Kennesaw State and win 100-87 to in a game that felt like it was four games. Like, I kept looking at the clock in the second half, and I thought there was like one or two minutes left, and there were still nine or ten minutes just from the pace and how many possessions and how many points Indiana scored and gave up. But ultimately, uh, after it got a little bit tight there in the second half, the Hoosiers were able to pull away thanks to a phenomenal game from Malik Renew and several other uh, individual performances that we will talk about. The win pushes Indiana to 10-3 and on the season uh, as now non-conference play is over and we get into the heart of Big Ten play starting next week. Uh, but before that, we have one final non-conference game here to discuss the pros and cons, the good, the bad, and so we will talk about that here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm your host, Jared Morris, here with Coach Brian Tonsoni. The Coach Bob Motes will be joining us a little bit later as well. And let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And for the Banner Moment tonight, I'm going back to the second half when things really, you know, for a couple minute span there, felt very tenuous for the Hoosiers. And Kennesaw State actually took a four-point lead at one point in the second half, 68-64. to Indiana's defense was flat and inattentive and just didn't have a whole lot of energy. The offense was stagnant. And what got Indiana back going? Well, you might not expect that it would be Caleb Banks, but it was. He took a dribble handoff from Anthony Leal, uh, attacked the lane, got fouled, scored, ended up making the free throw. It was a very important three-point play. Also was the fourth foul on Holt for Kennesaw State, who had really been hurting Indiana. And so he had to go to the bench. But it gave Indiana a little spark to get things going, down one. On the very next possession, Malik Renew would score to put Indiana up one, 69 to 68. And Malik Renew on the day, those are two of his 34 points on the day as Malik Renew go, uh, hangs 34 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, a block and two steals, did have some turnovers. But boy, there at the end, Malik just took over the game, uh, you know, and really between this performance, what he did in the last game and just how we've seen from this team that when things get tough, they go to Malik. It really feels like this is his team now as we head into Big Ten play. But, you know, that little spark, that quick 5-0 run helped spark a 21-3 run for Indiana that would see them go from down four to up 14 at 85-71. to uh, And basically they would nurse that same lead uh, for the rest of the game, ended up winning by 13. But a really nice job by Banks to provide a spark. And then Malik Renew just did what Malik Renew does, basically picking up all the scoring slack for he and the missing Khalil Ware, uh, who was out with an illness. So excellent job by him uh, and a nice job by Banks there in the second half as well. Okay, now let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their seventh season sponsoring the Assembly Call and their third as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And a very proud day for the Back Home Network as one of our BHN brethren, Galen Clavio, on the call today on BTN Plus with Austin Render and Trisha Whitaker. I thought they did awesome. One of the best Big Ten Network broadcasts I've heard. They were great. Get more IU grads on BTN. 
Just like we have IU grads launching great businesses like Homefield Apparel, where they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And since IU is their flagship school, you know that whenever they come out with new stuff like the bomber jackets uh, or the snapback hats, Indiana is going to be first. And hey, I'm actually pulling double duty here, supporting not just Homefield Apparel, but also one of our other partners, Hoosier Ticket Project with this shirt that I'm wearing right now. And that's the other thing Homefield Apparel does. They support great causes. Uh, they support Indiana University and the state of Indiana. We love them for it. Uh, and we hope that you do too. So go to homefieldapparel.com. Shop for yourself, shop for friends, shop for others. They've got something for everybody there. And when you use our promo code HOME23, you will get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off your first order. Once again, the website homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And we will start with the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Coach, your thoughts on this Indiana victory? Well, I just thought those uh, student announcers did a fantastic job. That kid, Galen, was just on on the call all night uh, tonight. Uh, Tricia did a good job. Austin did a good job. I thought that was uh, well done uh, to have them on on the broadcast, so kudos to them. It's a win. You know, you get 10 wins, uh, and you uh, actually beat the spread with two starters out. That's the way you ultimately have to look at it. It's likely to move us from a 101 in the net to maybe 99 in the net. Um, So – you know, those are positive movements. Uh, and all you got to do is keep making small incremental movements towards, um, you know, maybe a 70 net to get considered for the NCAA tournament. Um, offensively, really enjoyed tonight. Really, really enjoyed uh, the way uh, the offense was early. Like you said, it was up and down, uh, too many turnovers. But the offense, for the most part, you can really sit back and say this was this was pretty fun. We talked about threes last night. I think they ended up hitting seven threes uh, we said somewhere between seven and nine and 15 20 some makes between the two of us I think they were in that range I thought uh I thought their transition their pace was really good and then when they had to they they dominated dominated down low their zone offense got Indiana the lead late um it's funny we had to take a really bad shot and make it to, in order to turn the game around um, in the dr- the drive and the heave that was bailed out by a three and the ball hit the top of the basket and went in. But sometimes you got to force your own breaks. Defensively, um, this team will lose a lot of games um, with the way they're playing, um, scheme or no scheme. Uh, you, you mentioned it, uh, I think, in Discord too. It's like even if you have a scheme that's not good, if you play it hard, good things happen. Um, and, and this team uh, goes – uh, too many, too many possessions without playing that intense uh, defense, and that's going to cost them uh, at some point. And, and it's a little disappointing that we have to talk about that at this point. But offensively, the last two games have been really, really enjoyable. You hope it can continue again in in Big Ten play. So overall, uh, a win, a lot of ups and downs uh, throughout the day, the evening, and uh, uh, some really good individual performances. I thought uh, to fill in for the two starters that were out that uh, we'll talk about. Uh, throughout the show absolutely all right and here joining us his first appearance on the postgame show this season it is the coach bob Motes, now a podcast host of his own with the new show <laughs> x's and joes with mike Weaver. great show uh great show episode one is out episode two will be coming uh so make sure go to your you know wherever you listen to podcasts search for x's and joes it's excellent content but bob what are your opening statements on uh indiana's victory tonight 
think um first off is my mic okay you're good you sound good (laughs) perfect perfect okay so to to kick off uh, seven guys uh out of nine that played tonight or yeah ten double figure scoring um it was eight it was it was it was a really good team effort on the offensive end and you know it's i always love watching you know those first flurries and i just kind of hope they see more of that as the season goes on with that the first eight minutes where they were just moving the ball guys getting open shots wide open looks as like the ball was going through the you know was going to uh, going into the ocean and then those last 10 minutes that intensity especially ratcheted on defense i mean if you play intense defense it will pay off on the offensive end and i think that was something that we we've seen in a lot of these buy games where about that 10 minute mark of the second half all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and goes okay it's time for us to kick in let's 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 kick our defense up a notch and that was something that again they did that uh, i think anthony leal was huge you know stepping in and especially on the defensive end just really containing the drives better and i think coach said it best you know you make your own luck sometimes you know night you know a lot of this game is the harder you work the luckier you get and i think i'm hoping this young team is figuring it out yeah absolutely well and they need to because they're getting ready to go on the road in the big 10 against a nebraska team that has been a little bit better than than people thought maybe without one of their better players but it gets real you know and as we've talked about several times indiana has left themselves very little margin for error uh, in Big Ten Conference play if they want to make the NCAA tournament. Um, Coach, I feel like there's so many storylines with this game, which we don't often get in some of these non-conference games. But I want to start with Malik Renew. You know, he pops for 25 points against, you know, Indiana's last game against North Alabama, hits four threes tonight, scores 34 um, you know, really just picks up the slack without Khalil Ware there. And you knew coming into this game, that was a big weakness of Kennesaw State. They don't guard inside very well. You know, they want to play really fast and chuck up threes, but Indiana was going to have mm-hmm. an opportunity inside. Uh, and between Malik and Peyton Sparks, 44 points between the two of them. But, you know, it, the, I think the thing that has really become clear about this team, and maybe it's in part because, you know, X has been injured and out and just kind of Trey Galloway's personality where he's not necessarily a guy who's really looking to score every single game. This really feels like it's Malik Renew's team. And it feels like we've been kind of inching there, inching there as the season has gone along. And now as we enter Big Ten play, he's the go-to guy. He's the leader. And that may be a little bit scary when he's just a sophomore, you know, who still is prone to some bad decisions and some of those things. But, you know, he is really starting to assert himself um, for this team. And I think Indiana is going to need him playing at an all Big Ten level if they're going to get done what they need to get done in Big Ten play. And these last two games, he's really stepped up and done it. Well, a, a couple things that really speak to me about him playing his rebounds. He had a couple games where it was like two rebounds and three rebounds. And and this team had struggled uh, giving up uh you know, rebounds. And, and I know where is in there gathering up a ton of those, but uh, that's a big key. I know we're going to focus on the 34 points. I'd like to know how many he got once sparks went out and, and that's not a mm-hmm. negative towards sparks. I just think that gives sparks has to play in the lane and around the rim. And that takes a scoring position away from renew. Mm-hmm. I loved having him handle the ball. I think he's doing a good job out uh, when they go through the high post and they run some of that, uh, the five man at the high post, they even run sparks there a little bit. Um, but I think that the lineup at the end, whether, you know, Leo did a nice job, obviously he came in and settled things down. I'm still not sold that he's a long-term answer. He, he and Sparks are both going to be situational help. 
really good situational help. And tonight, both of them were needed in order to win this game. But I do like the smaller lineup. I've been clamoring for it for a long time. And again, nothing against Ware, but he was out. So Renew had a lot more opportunity uh, and he took advantage of it. Uh, I, di- I didn't realize he had 34 until I, I was at the under four minute mark. I was getting ready for the show. I got to the box score and holy cow, uh, you know, he was in the 30. So in some ways, I don't know if you can get a quiet 34 um, <laughs> or I was, I was just so upset with the defense. I wasn't even counting, counting the offense. Um, but he, he has a, he has an inside game. He's hit some threes his ability to handle the basketball. I'd still like to see him make some better passes out of the post. And at times, uh, he, he got into the spin move into three people uh, and under the basket uh, too far. But again, you want your better players making mistakes. That That's something that I think people need to understand too. If, you're, if your best players aren't making mistakes, they're not taking all the great shots either. So you can live with a couple uh, of a bad double team decisions by Malik and a few turnovers from Galloway here or there. You just don't want a lot of that. Uh, Malik's done a good job sharing the basketball as well the last few games. I don't know how many assists he had tonight. I think it was four. Four, um, yep. four assists from, from the post. Just a, a really solid uh, offensive game from, from him. But it starts on the other end, too. When you're getting rebounds, you're engaged in the game completely. And you're not just a one-dimensional player. But really pleased with, with what he has done the last few games. Yeah, you know, and look, Bob, we're only a couple weeks removed, you know, from him really struggling against Kansas to get his offense going. So it's not to say that he's anywhere close to a finished product, but he's just so important for what this team wants to do. Where are you with kind of Malik's development and where you kind of expected him to be at this point in his sophomore season? Let me unmute you. There we go. <laughs> and um, I love how he's how he's kind of get with XJ out taking his team on his back, and I think it's true on you know both ends of the floor. You know, um, I was looking at the offensive rebounds here just a second ago. Kennesaw State didn't have an offensive rebound in the second half, and because you have Malik, you know Malik playing down there, doing the doing the little things, and then the big things of securing the ball. And just even getting guys out of position on shooting as a, you know, as a kind of a secondary rim protector, you're watching that, that happen for him. And it's, you know, it's, it's not, you know, we know the kid can score, but it's not just the, it's not just scoring from the post hit a three tonight, uh, did pretty well from the line from what I, you know, you know, did really well from the line, you know, in that regard, you know, again, I, with coach young guy, so he's not always going to see, I like the fact he's looking to make those plays. Um, I can live with those types of mistakes, the, the mistakes out of aggression. I um, think he's doing a much better job uh, facing the basket, um, doing a good job of reading when to push or when to look for the outlet pass. All those little things that you're expecting a guy to do, he's picking up on that, and he's dropping in 34, and he's getting 11 rebounds, and you know, chipping in the assists, getting, getting blocks, getting steals. I mean, there's one play uh, late in the second half, after he hit that, I think it was a hook shot, falls on his backside, scoots towards the bench and then he gets up hustles back in the play and i think he ended up getting the steal and he got mm-hmm. he went in dug in got the steal reversed the you know just reversed it going the other direction and when your best player does that that's a good omen for the other guys around around them you know there there are uh, if you have the attitude where everyone's not just a hero but everyone's a lunch pail guy your team's going to be a lot better going down the stretch you know so, look, a win is a win, and we're very happy to get the win, and the offense looked terrific, piling up 1.299 points per possession. 
But the defense gave up 1.13 points per possession to Kennesaw State. <laughs> they chucked up 35 three-pointers and made 17 of them. And a few of them were contested, but a lot of them were open. And I know, Coach, you were very you were very frustrated in the game day chat uh, about the defense. And, you know, look, it, for a long stretch, it looked like two things were killing Indiana. Obviously, the defensive, the chosen defensive strategy of Indiana, which is vulnerable to three-point shooters, and they weren't executing it well. When they executed it well, it worked better, but the system is still vulnerable to the three-pointers. So what needs to happen? I mean, obviously, Indiana just needs to play it harder. There's no question about that. And maybe that happens when you have Big Ten jerseys going opposite you, but this is becoming a very serious issue for this team and for a program that's supposed to be defensive-minded but goes long stretches of games right now without looking like it. Yeah, it, it, it's just an interesting thing. Whatever the schemes are, whatever coach uh, at whatever level you have a scheme, you just got to execute it correctly. Um, and and so there's two there's two arguments, and and I'm not in the room to hear the scouting and all that of why they're choosing the scheme. I'm trying to understand the scheme that they're running, and I don't know that they're executing it extremely well. I think it is a very difficult scheme. It is a scheme that is well grounded in philosophy. It's not like an erroneous or horrible thing. It's just difficult. Everything I've researched, it's difficult for pros to run it. Uh, and the number one thing that I've researched is that it's so ball-centric. Everyone's watching the ball to stop the ball that your natural tendency as a player is to stay too long. You've got to really teach yourself to, to time it perfectly in order to get out for the closeouts. And Indiana in three years has not gotten there. Um, and I'm sure they're practicing it and, and they're, you know, but when you are already in help and then you lock in on the ball, so many times Indiana's staying when they don't need, the ball's not coming, but they're staying. Um, and then what you saw the adjustment was when coach Woodson said, we got to get out on the threes. We got to get out on the threes. Now we're doing flybys. Mm -hmm. and, and it really wasn't the fake hustle. That's what they were doing. They were trying to run guys off the three point line, but when you run off the three point line and then they drive, then the next guy comes over and that kicks out for an open. So the, you know, the adjustment that needs to be made, in my opinion, is get one step closer. Don't be on the nail. Have one foot on the elbow or one foot away from the shooter. And if the drive is going to be a scoring drive, but what turned the game around was some block shots at the rim or some bad twos. So the other point I'd like to make is sometimes when you go on a 12-1 run, it's not because your defense was great. It's maybe the other team shot the ball poorly. One time they threw the pass right into our hands uh, and it got deflected. Uh, and then they went in the lane and the post player took a horrible shot, a contested shot when he should have kicked it out. Uh, but they were in the lane. And a lot of people that I talked to, again, it's just a new philosophy in basketball the last three or four years is contested shots in the lane, force teams to do that, and you're more likely to win basketball games than giving up the three or giving up the rim. It's the rim and three on offense. It's the rim and three on defense. That's just the scheme that they're going. We don't run that in Indiana. And, and we're going to have to live with it. But I don't think we're executing the nail slot rim very well either because we're just – sometimes we come off the corners, guys. When the guy's driving from the point to the wing, we come off the corners because we're so wanting to help the drive. That drive's going that underneath the tunnel if it keeps going, out of bounds, up the, up the steps and towards Memorial Stadium. It's not even it's not even a threat, and we're helping, and then they kick it to the corner. For, man, Baco is horrible at that. So, you know, it has to be coached in a way and repped in a way. The other thing I'll be interested to see, Bob, 
when, when the ball's driven, everyone turns to the ball and our rear ends are towards the players. So many times if I probably need to do a film session on it or, or, or have Tony do a film session on it, just stop at times. And it looks like a zone. Uh, where, you know, the Seven Eleven, your hands are up because you're getting robbed. You're standing there flat-footed. It, you know, we're playing Seven Eleven defense, and, and Galloway's really bad at it. When he's at the nail and the ball goes below him, he turns, and his butt is facing the other end, and that leaves cutters and, and shots. So I, I, I'm, I don't know why we continue to do that. It's got to be coached um, and executed by the players both. Uh, the scheme has to be better, but we just continue continuously give up threes, give up threes, give up threes, give up threes, and it it's going to bite us at times when when we shouldn't. Just like it, you know, at Penn State was it last year, oh, but boy. Indiana recouped and came on to win in the mm-hmm. second half. So that's that's the bright spot there, right? There were adjustments made, but we're right back there again at the same part of the year, giving up a boatload of threes, uh, mm-hmm. and that that's that's the frustrating part. Um, for me, because we had this team down 14, uh, and you're, you're going to give up runs, but you shouldn't go down four, uh, to a team like this, give up a run to get back to six and then push it back to 14, then edge it to 18, back to 10. And then you end up at 20, 22 or something like that. That's what good teams do. But when you give up threes, man, especially to teams who hit them, but that's, that's where my frustration was. And, and there have been some adjustments, though, this year. But tonight, against a three-point team, there really wasn't. Um, I, and I don't know the reasoning for that. The seven and, eleven and analogy, the seven eleven analogy was great, Coach, since you are dressed mm. like you just got back from Robin at seven so. <laughs> eleven. It's, it's a little cold outside, and the basement's a little chilly. For those of you who listen in the audio, little bald guy, I got a sock cap on down here in the basement. <laughs> yeah, Bob, what are you seeing from Indiana defensively? Similarly, it's it's the bailout on help, and when and I think part of that you can go back to young players. You take a kid like Mackenzie McBacco, McBacco, or you take a you know, or even you know, even even renew. Where I think even when they were playing at a high level in high school, we're still expected to blitz or to just come over and bail a teammate out, and it's it's really hard I think to shed that over periods of time. I would say, and coach, I I I I think this the 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 nail slot rim really does function like a zone on that weak side. I, I think it, it yeah, and and, and it, it does. It it's it's a zone. So you have you know ball guy on the ball, and then you have again some you know that that person kind of taking away that pass away whether it's opposed or even the corner. But you look at that 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 nail slot rim, and it's functioning as kind of like a almost a, a three two zone almost. And I agree. And, and so, so much of that is even when zone, you want to be open, you're still keeping, we call it, we're calling it lasers now, not calling it pistols anymore, but you use laser pointers. Appropriate. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's been some terminology changes in 25 years and you, 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 you teach kids, okay, when you drop down, you know, don't fully commit till you know, that's broken. Don't fully commit yeah. till you know, it's broken. Put your head on the swivel and, and get on the tape, you know, and the, and the nail is the tape. Uh, that way you can, you know, you gain your step going back in those areas. I think the biggest change that IU has to do, and this is what they did last year, and I even think the year before, is that guy on the ball has to understand that his job is to fight through the ball screen or fight through the handoff. His job is to really just get back on his man. I mean, yeah, because yeah, I, I, you saw a couple times, especially when Kennesaw State went on their run, they were carving them up like a like a Christmas turkey. 
you know, on ball screens. And part of it was they would just switch the ball screen and you'd have Peyton Sparks guarding a guy that with blow by speed. And there was Gabe Cups taking a post player. And for as hard as they were working at times trying to do that, those are the sorts of matchups. You know, when you're, when you're designing an offense, when you're designing an action, that's what you're trying to get. get. And I think that's part of the problem sometimes with this team is that they fall right into, it's like the coyote falling or the, the, the coyote falling into the road, you know, into the trap that he set for himself. It's so, so much of that. Bob, you can't go under screens in college anymore because nope. kids will just stop back and, and pop the three. If you hedge, you're putting yourself in rotation that way, right? So if you hard hedge to stop that penetration, you're in rotation. They throw it to the backside or they throw it to the strong side. Now you're rotating and you have multiple ways you're rotating. Where the nail slot rim really should work is that it's going to be one pass. It's going to be a pass from the guard to the wing every time, and you should know your your rotations. But sometimes Indiana rotates that backside zone guy up. Sometimes they don't. I don't know if that's player error or, or by choice. But I think it's really hard to be on the ball, on ball screen action in the college game anymore. It is. Uh, it is. In theory, get into him and beat your man to the screen. But if you do that, he's going to reject the ball screen, which means not use it and go back the other way. Um, you know, uh, we taught our guys force it into the ball screen because then we know how we're going to guard it. If you try, if you try to beat your guy to the ball screen and he rejects, now our post players hung out because we we did some level hedging and some some hedging. We yeah. never trapped the basketball, but where the the system works is that there's one rotation. It's going to be to that wing mostly or a skip to the corner, and then you should know where to go on that. But we're not doing it right. And at what point, if we're not doing it right, do we start doing it right or look at making slight adjustments? That, that's just the question and, I, I, I have and, for it. And I would and I would just throw out real quick it, it, that you, exactly, and I do think that that nail slot, that, that nail defender's job is to basically act as a tag, not on the, not on the guy with screaming, but for the guy with the ball. Right. I think it, I think it's designed to limit his range of motion so he can't really just get himself to the nail and then really cause you problems, which is when you when you study, you know, continuity ball screen offense or or really uh, any any of those five out concepts as well, you see that a lot of times they we want to get our ball handler to the nail with help with some help um you know, just a, some help dilemmas being set up so that they can read the help, make the right pass. And as long as that nail guy knows that's his job and not to run and blitz it, then I think I think it can work a lot better. Because you're He's right. got to leave. He's got to he's he's leave, leave early. He's got to leave He's got to leave earlier. They're they're yeah. staying way too long. Um and the other thing though, and the counter to that is Sparks had two blocks to start the game because people were getting downhill, the nail guy wasn't stopping them mm-hmm. and they and we jump out to a 14 point lead. Like mm-hmm. if we had wear in there, SWAT and stuff, and that's, it's just a new philosophy. It was for me two or three years ago, because I grew up in protect the lane and attack the lane as a basketball right. philosophy. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it's always been. Now it's like, stay out on it. We didn't help from the corners at Western. Mm-hmm. We'd give up a drive to the lane and, and we rotated from the weak side and helped and covered down mm-hmm. that way. But we were not going to give up corner threes in high school. Right. We refused to stop the ball in corner threes and we also on middle ball screens and play drop coverage they said pull up and hit twos yeah now Shafino or an action like that we had a kid at Tipton really hurt us uh so we had to make an adjustment and we did some switching stuff uh there but um it's a new thing uh Michigan State does it uh Illinois does it Uh, a lot of people do it where they force the ball into your rim protection 
and they want you to take off-balance floating twos, kind of like what uh, we did to get back in the game. That's the strategy is those are the shots that are, are, are wanted to be taken. Uh, and therefore, you don't need a nail guy. That nail guy's out there guarding a three and let that guy go through the nail and let your bigs just eat him up and absorb him. Um, but just don't let him reverse it. Yeah, just don't let him reverse it. Yeah, right, right. Just let him keep, make him keep it. And then that guard gets back, like you said, and distracts it. That's what Miller Cop did a good job of doing that and contesting wow. those twos while they're shooting over bigs. But right, right. anyway, that has, something has on, to get better. Last point on the defense is we look to what can get better. Isn't it also fair to say there's a bit of a personnel issue here? I mean, I don't think that you would have – if you were picking your perfect perimeter defenders, I don't think – for this system, I don't think you would pick Gabe Cups and Trey Galloway, would you? I mean, you want people that are a little bit more athletic, a little bit longer. And obviously, if X was here, he would help. They recruited a guy like Ja'Kai Newton that you know profiles to be like that, but we can't get him on the court you know, because of injury. You know, Because the guys on the back line, Caleb Banks, Anthony Walker, you've got a lot of length. And obviously you want C.J. Gunn to be that guy, but he hasn't been consistent enough defensively. And so it's almost like you've kind of got this system that you're doing and you're trying to run it. But, you know, Gabe and Trey have some limitations on defense as hard as they play. And I think you see some of that come into it, too. And, you know, a lot of times it you know feels like guys trying to make up for, you know, them not being able to keep someone in front of them or just, you know, not being long enough to get a closeout that actually contests the shot, which the system needs. I mean, it's a game of inches and that length really matters and you don't really have it with those two guys. So it's never going to quite be exactly what you want, even if it's being run very, very well. Is that fair to say? I, I would agree with that. I mean, at one point, Mike Weemouth texted in the middle of the game and said, guard scoring 58 to 13. And IU was on the bottom side of that. Is that in the sweet spot, Bob, or no? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not in the suite. Yeah, that, that, that's way out. That's about two standard deviations, at least two from where you want to be in the middle of what you're looking for here. And no, that is not, you know, it, and, and, and that's been a, a reoccurring theme. Now, part of that also is, and, and you add on to the other issue with that, which is whether it's Mac or it's even, uh, Caleb Banks, you're playing, if you're playing lengthy wings and Mike Woodson clearly has shown us that he likes long almost like he likes playing two stretch fours in his wing positions. Um, Cause one could argue Miller cops should have been playing four, you know, two years ago. But um, I think that that's, you know, that that's one of those, those conversations we let, we, we love to have at times, you know, get us three drivers and a Miller cop in the four. But um, that's, that also adds to the problem because now you don't, you know, you, you now have three, you know, three guys who are kind of almost not out of position, but, you, they, they can take it, you know, driving teams and especially teams like Kennesaw State who are going to look for guys that can drive it and shoot it. That's, you know, they're going to find guys, five guys that can do that. It's going to be really hard to stop them with the personnel that IU has. I think in the Big Ten, the guards are going to match up pretty well. I do think that, um, mm -hmm. that you know, I think that, you know, you have enough where, where there's not as many attacking guards, but as or attacking in that way. But I still think it's an issue that, you know, the personnel and once we get X back, maybe that makes a difference. Yeah. Coach, it, last word it, on this. And that may be why there is the nail slot rim. So set that guy at the mm -hmm. nail if you're going to get beat and then force, like Bob said, force that pass and you know where that pass is. Uh, philosophically, it's not necessarily a horrible defense. I, I just there's just other defenses out there. And, and there I just think you have to you have to mold stuff to each game and to each roster at times, as opposed to being, um, 
set at a philosophy, and and I get that. I I, I do. I, I've said I was stubborn playing too much man to man. There's a time when you got to play zone. There's a time when you got to press. Uh, multiple defenses uh, are good uh, attacks. This defense has just not been executed well by this team. Uh, so it, it's just yeah. It has to get better, or you have to make some changes, I think, because I do think, and I understand what Bob's saying, you're not going to see these uh, small guards and people shooting 38 threes a game. But Northwest, I mean, we're going to see one next Wednesday uh, with the kid from Nebraska, and they run a spread-type offense uh, there. Uh, So, yeah, it's just got to be executed better. Uh, And I'm sure Coach Woodson sees that, and, you know, uh, it's – it just it just is what it is, and luckily it didn't hurt us again tonight um, because we were able to to be so effective offensively. You know, and to to your point about the improvements the team made after the Penn State game last year, you also had a whole lot of fourth and fifth year seniors, you know, who were able mm-hmm. to do that and able to adjust game plans from game to game. That's what I wonder about this team with so many new guys just learning the basic system. How much leeway do they have to put in wrinkles based on personnel and some of those things? And hopefully that gets better, you know, as the season goes along and the guys get more experience in the system. Before we jump out, I want to give you one quick stat from Synergy coach to kind of give you this, you know, to kind of kind of make make the point that, that we're trying to make here, I think. Pick and roll ball handlers, Kennesaw State ran at 30 times. They had one point per possession overall. When they were single covered, they were at 0.7 points per possession. When the defense committed, it was 1.15. Wow. So the I mean analytics back it up. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, okay, good discussion, guys. Uh, as we continue our breakdown here of Indiana's 13-point victory over Kennesaw State, we will point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed and then go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Lily King. I hope you enjoy the show, but ask yourself, do we really need this much basketball talk for a swimming and diving school? Where do you think the candy stripes came from anyway? Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Lily. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with coach Brian Tonsoni and the coach Bob Motes. We are breaking down Indiana's victory over Kennesaw State, and it is time now for today's Meaningful Moments You Might Have Missed. Meaningful Moments That You Might Have Missed. 
This segment brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. And hey, if you want to support them, you can go to Home Field Apparel, get your Hoosier Ticket Project shirt as well, because it's very comfortable and very stylish. So go do that. Um, Guys, meaningful moments uh, that you might have missed. You know, look, Mackenzie Mbako came out just on fire. I think he made three three-pointers before the first media timeout, made his first four. Uh, and, you know, Coach only took one more <laughs> after he made mm-hmm. after he made those four. You know, didn't play a lot at the end of the first half. I know to the consternation of many, and we can talk about that maybe a little bit later. But there was a play in the second half that really I just didn't understand I think it was actually the first possession of the second half he gets it basically at the watt spot and he was open and he doesn't shoot it he ends up kind of making an awkward drive into the lane gets called for a foul and to me you know that's always a shot I want McKenzie Mbako to take because I believe in him as a shooter on a night when he's four for five from downtown I definitely want him to take it and not even think twice about it and I wasn't totally clear on the anecdote that Austin Render uh, uh, provided on the broadcast, but it was something about how Coach Yaw has kind of worked with him on, you know, trying to drive more. And I don't know, man, when I watch McKenzie Mbako, when he shoots it, I feel confident. I like it when he drives to attack a good closeout if he's not open, but he's clearly not as adept at that part of the game yet at the college level as he is as a shooter. And so to me, there's no reason he shouldn't take that shot. And this is a night I really, you know, give get him some more minutes. I mean, in 14 minutes, he's four or five from downtown. That's the kind of threat that we need. Um, and so we can talk about the minutes and who knows why he didn't play more. But that particular play just kind of shows a philosophy of offense to me that I don't really get. McKenzie and Baco should be taking that shot 100 times out of 100. And, you know, certainly if there's something there just from a strategic standpoint – uh, that's not something I'm going to agree with on him passing that up to favor the drive. But a lot of our guys do that, and I feel like we're passing up some good outside looks to do so. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to add. Um, what we don't know, and coming from a coach, and, and, and Bob, comment on this as well, you don't know what was said in practice, an emphasis on doing something, and if he went against the wishes of the coach and had to sit some, we don't know that and I will I will concede that to coach Woodson and staff that we don't know but and he might someone said he had a heating pad or some ice the rumor was going on so maybe he was that and then Woodson does have a tendency when things are going well to stay with the group and I don't know if you can really fault that uh, in the second half we were down fo- mm-hmm. not yeah, the first half in the second half <laughs> right in the second half yeah. Thanks for correcting me. In the second half, and so Leo came in at the under 12, and we were down four. I mentioned – I yelled up to my wife, we're down four. It might be a long night. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and that's okay. If you got a good group out there, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I do have a problem with the, the overall substitution issue from Coach Woodson, and I don't know if tonight's the night to go into it or not, but you're going to start losing some confidence of players. And everyone got on uh, Miller and Archie for the right reasons. Some of that's going to start happening here real quick because I don't, I don't know that C.J. Gunn played horrible in the first half. I don't think he played well necessarily. But he's done two – in a couple games he's gotten his minutes and then never played again. 
Mbako four for five, and whether you know Coach Marlowe and I had a big argument in in, in Discord about whether it was defense or it was his shot selection. But I, I've seen I've seen the coaches bang their things on the floor when he shot, and then Austin Render said that he'd been working on him shot faking some. It just looked like at halftime he took a couple heat check shots. Granite in the first half, um, but. You want, I want my best shooter taking bad shots. I learned that lesson early as a coach, trying to overcoach shot selection. You don't want your average shooters taking bad shots. You want your good shooters taking bad shots because they have to take all the good ones. I said that earlier. If you scare your best shooter off of the three-point line, then he's going to pass up, and that's what happened in, in your meaningful moment that you missed, in my opinion. Someone told him, I know you're hot, but you can't heat check it. And so he comes out in the second half, a, a, a mindful kid, coachable kid, was talked about at halftime, and don't force your shots. He gets that first three, and it's in his mind, I better shot fake this and drive because they told me to do that. Now, he's got to take coaching better. You know, right? You can't just do everything a coach says. you got to do everything a coach says at the right moment. And maybe that was the wrong moment for him to take that coaching. But somehow something got in his head where he couldn't shoot that three because he was shooting all kinds of threes in the first half. Um, that, that was, and then, you know, cups got pulled for a bad shot too. Um, that was but, a bad shot. That was, I think that was when Indiana went down four or maybe after Kansas totally State agree. took the lead for the first time. Totally agree. And but I can go down the roster and talk about bad shots. In fact, our t- team game turned around by a horrible decision by Banks. Like if that ball, if that's not, not a foul and that ball gets turned over and a fast break on the other end. Like that's a horrible decision that worked out. Instead, did it's he get pulled? Moment. <laughs> like coaches do this sometimes. You got to be very careful with your substitution. And again, I am deferring to Coach Woodson on all of this because I don't know, but I've done it. I, I don't know if Bob's done it. I'm sure most coaches have done it. We've overused the sub in anger. We've subbed in anger. Uh, blah 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 blah. But if you keep doing that, you're going to need guys. Next man up. Where's out? Somebody's out. Um, I, I think there is an issue with the substitution pattern and, and, and again, the emphasis on what shots you take that first eight minutes was absolutely beautiful basketball. Yes. You had some inside play. You had three post-ups. You had five transition baskets. You had four threes made. There was pace. The ball was moving. It was beautiful. And then the last, even though we offense was really good, it, it slowed down an awful lot after that. Um, but that that shot was bad. That he should have shot that three, especially on a night like the, uh, like tonight. So, you know, whatever he did to get in the doghouse, get out of it and keep shooting. Don't let it get to your head, uh, Mbako. And if he's hurt, I hope he's I hope he's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, Bob, did you want to jump in on that? I, yeah, I just I got to think that the that that whatever the ding was because he came out in that second half also was I and we saw the left wrist was taped also, and I'm not really sure about you know if that's something. I, and it's hard for me to tell sometimes. Well, does he always tape it, or was that just a first-time thing? But you know, when you you know, with, I, I got to think that part of that also could also just be sometimes players just make a bad read, um, and maybe yeah. it is. I think coach is right that you know he's been hearing I got to drive it more, and he looks up, faces the rim, and he sees a window. Well, I can take it from twenty-two feet, which I've been told not to, you know, which I've been told I I can do that. But the better choice is for me to drive it and maybe get make something happen, especially early in a possession. But that, to me, it's like, yeah, I think, you, yeah, I'm with Coach. You, 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 you design your offense to get your shooter, your your best scores, opportunities, and that's a great opportunity that was just that that just again 
did not pan out the way that you want it to do as a coach, especially when you're talking about most games are one in five possessions. So you, you want that possession on the plus side. Another moment that uh, that stood out in the second half, it was 50 to 46. Trey Galloway had an opportunity for a transition layup, missed it. And Peyton Sparks ran the floor, gets the follow dunk. Just great hustle for Peyton Sparks, who was terrific tonight. You know, and he only played 14 minutes. I know there was a lot of consternation. Oh, my gosh, Woody is starting Peyton Sparks. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of us were excited. Hey, you know, maybe we see Malik at the five and, you know, maybe Walker <laughs> gets in there. To me, it made sense uh, to start Sparks, number one, because, you know, it allows you to open the game the way that you're used to playing. It allows Sparks to be the one defending shots at the rim instead of Renew. And without wear, if you get Renew in early foul trouble, that could really set this team back. So I had absolutely no problem with Sparks starting. And plus, Kennesaw State's weakness was down low. And so I thought it was going to be a game where Sparks was going to be able to produce. He ends up with 10 points, makes all of his field goal attempts, eight boards, four blocked shots. But I thought that play, that hustle was just indicative of what he gave Indiana tonight, Bob, which was a lot of hustle and toughness. And we said when he committed, there are probably going to be lots of games where Sparks plays four or five minutes and doesn't have an impact because there are matchups that just are not good for him. But this is the kind of game you've got an injury, you're coming back from break, you know, who knows what the energy is going to be like. That's another reason why I would have started him in this game, because you know what kind of energy you're getting from him. And that can be a little bit of a question mark with this starting lineup. So I had no problem with it. And Sparks delivered exactly what you wanted from him. And then, you know, once it got a little bit later in the game, Indiana was doing, you know, was succeeding playing with Malik as the five. uh, And, you know, they weren't able to get him in the bad defensive mismatches. So I get why he only played 14 minutes, but he made the most of it with just doing Peyton Sparks things, which was a lot of hustle, a lot of toughness and really helping Indiana dominate on the glass, which they did all night long. And I, I throw onto that that you know Sparks also chipped in two assists, so he actually was yep. finding open guys too. And in 14 minutes, I think he had you know according to Kent Baum, his offensive rating was 150, well, 174. That's good. <laughs> That's very good. So I mean, he and not only that, but doing the little things too that he that, that you know again blocking outs. You know, it you, you could tell with only four. You know, when when Walker and Sparks were in the game together. You could tell with one post player just how open things how open things got for Indiana, and that they continue. You know that he was able to kind of just help the spacing, just because he's not going to float around as much. He's not going to be in that position where you know they're gonna they're they're gonna try and move him. You know, moving moving into those positions. So yeah, a lot of great a lot of great, um, you know, post play, but also just, and defensively, I think he, you know, again, he did the best he could, especially against a five, a team that we have five guys that can hit three point shots. You know, he did, he, he, he held his own in many respects and the blocks were huge as were, as were some of the rebounds, especially, you know, especially in that first half. Yeah. And look, when their big guy went out, I think their big guy, I think he left, maybe it was with cramps or with something, but he didn't play. There just there was no reason to have the two big guys out there, and no real natural matchup for him. So I get why he didn't play, yep. but really just a, a terrific job um, making the most of the minutes he got. Uh, Coach Tonsoni, any moments stand out for you that you want to pull out here? Yeah, there was. Um, we've talked about it some post feeds, and we we got into in the second half of the uh, first half. So the last ten minutes of the first half started getting into some triple teams. And players a spin moving in the post into a, a triple team from the or a, they had a double team from the strong, weak side and then 
the wing on the strong side was doubling down. Our perimeter's got it. There's got to be communication on offense too. So that's that's something um, that is cups yelling that is coming. Is it an effective communication? Right. You you might be saying wolf or whatever that we all have signals for when people are coming up from behind uh, on the dribble. But you've got to yell. We used to yell monster, monster, or or something. Have a call when your guy goes to double someone in the post. Let them know so that they can kick it out instead of turning the ball over in the triple team. We had like three or four of those in about an eight possession segment uh, that uh, really kind of stymied our offense there. It was 28 to 29 to 15 or something like that, and then it was 37. We only had eight points in a, in a large stretch because of, of some misreads. I thought our kickouts were really, really good prior to that, and then when we stopped sharing the basketball for that short stretch, we gave up a run you know, coupled with the defensive issues uh, that we talked about. And the other thing, uh, fellas, is uh, out of bounds under was really good. They ran a little handoff. We call out play for Mbako for a, a, a jump shot. The play where they threw it to Trey, and Trey just touched past it to uh, Mbako awesome. stepping in because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the defender wasn't on the ball. I think they were playing either a zone or they were playing the defender back. Uh, and he, the defender turned to watch the ball, which a lot of people do. And Mbako just stood in. That was great vision by Trey there. But our out-of-bounds game is really, really good. Coach Woodson does a really good job of, of teaching that and having people make appropriate reads. We, we score a lot on, on the blob or the baseline out-of-bounds. Uh, but that, that handoff play for Mbako, those are ways to get a scorer going as well as we talk about. 14 points in 14 minutes was pretty productive for the young man, whether you know he, he didn't do something right or he was hurt. One of the ways he still was productive, the blobs were a part of that. Yeah, and one other moment that I want to point out, uh, in the midst of Indiana's big run in the second half, it was 77-71. Caleb Banks had just made a three. He got another one in the corner, I think, on the very next possession. Missed it, but hustled. I mean, ran full speed back. Ended up getting a block on the other end, which is a really big play uh, to prevent Kennesaw from getting a bucket and cutting into the lane. And it was in stark contrast to a play that happened in the first half where Caleb tried to drive, got knocked to the ground, and just kind of sat there sulking for a couple seconds. You see the camera pan. I keep waiting for him to get up and run, and he just sat there. And he never – I don't think he was hurt. He never got back into the picture. Kennesaw missed a shot. They got a a rebound on the weak side, which would have been Caleb's, but he wasn't there. They didn't score. So it didn't hurt Indiana. But I just thought it was really indicative of the energy a lot of guys were playing with in the second part of the first half, which was not a whole lot. But it was night and day different. I thought Caleb was so much better in the second half, you know. And so, you know, I know, Coach, you know, the the play that we talked about for the banner moment, maybe a little bit of a questionable decision, although, you know, I, I do kind of like Caleb going downhill when he's got some momentum. But the shot was maybe a little bit questionable. But I kind of felt like he earned the make because he had been playing so hard and with so much energy. Um, you know, and, and that was a nice, a nice change from what we saw in the first half. Cause you can't win with effort like that. I mean, you got to get up and get down the court and Indiana did a much better job over those last 10 minutes, um, of the second half doing that. Uh, Bob, any other moments that jumped out to you that we haven't mentioned that I, you want to talk about? I was going to say the Caleb Banks three when they went to zone and just at a pivotal time in the game where, and I think that might've been their only, uh, there were only, you know, Galloway hit a three during that, dur- during the second half and Banks hitting that corner yes. three in that, in that situation. That's one of those dagger shots that that's why, you know, that's what you want your bench player to do when he comes in the game, deliver that type of, just that type of shot, that type of play, especially when, when, when you have an opponent that's saying, okay, we're going to take away your middle. We're going to take away what's going on inside. 
we're going to force you to shoot that jump shot. And now from here on out, they're going to be thinking twice before they leave you wide open in the corner. And that, that to me is just, it, it, again, it was one of those, it was a great read by Galloway to get the ball to him, but it was great that he, you know, caught it in, you know, caught it in flow, got it. And then, and it was just, a, again, just offense working is kind of where I was going with it. Yeah. And he shot Caleb, with that. That's a good yeah. shot for him. Catch and shoot is, open. Yeah. He took one off the dribble in the first half that he had no business mm-hmm. taking. No. He's got to get those out. He's just not ready to take those shots yet. Nope. But in the corner, off the catch, that's a good shot for him. Yep. Key time. In the well game. balanced, good yep. footwork, uh, in rhythm, uh, instead of the you know dribble, wonder if you should shoot, and then then shoot type of stuff that he he shoots sometimes. Yep. Decisive. Yeah, be decisive. Okay, gentlemen, time to go inside the numbers brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and chat mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville. You can call them at 812-339-3334 or visit jacksonhewitt.com. So, you know, a couple stats. We're going to get to some individual stats that I think are really important and will give us a chance to talk about some guys we haven't yet. But guys, two stats that really you know told the story about the game beyond the three-point shooting. We knew coming in, Indiana should have a big advantage at the free throw line because of the style of play and how much Kennesaw fouls, and they did. Indiana takes 33 free throws to Kennesaw's eight. Now, the Hoosiers only make 21 of them, 64%. That needs to be better. But Indiana was able to make up for the difference in three-point shooting at the free throw line, which is what we thought would happen. And then on the glass, Indiana with a 43-28 to 28 advantage on the glass. Bob, as you said, uh, Kennesaw State does not grab an offensive rebound in the second half. Huge kudos to Malik Renew, to Peyton Sparks, to a lot of guys who just cleaned up the glass. Those were huge. Obviously, Indiana has the turnovers, uh, you know, a few too many. But being able to get to the free throw line and being able to, to clean up the glass like they did really helped make sure that the turnovers and the big three-point deficit didn't cause more problems um, than they already than they already were going to cause. Uh, and what numbers jump out to you guys? Coach Motes, why don't you go first? Uh, so Kennesaw State was 15 of 36 from two for 40, 41.7%, 48.6 from three. And <laughs> it, it it's one of those things where <laughs> – Yes, you, you know, I, I think it kind of you know points to what we were talking about earlier, where you can give up a little more on the interior, especially forcing some bad twos, especially for, you know, you can still get to the same contestments without giving up the volume and the conversion rate on three point shooting. Uh, that to me was the was the, was was a big stat uh, that that just kind of, again, just kind of shows where things are. The, the other stat that I, I'm finding and I, I'm watching this as I look at. You know, and looking at synergy, you know, every once in a while and just kind of trending something. I only posted it up, well, only had 13 post-up plays, including post-up plays with passes. Now that doesn't, you know, and and 19 pick and rolls and nine handoffs. They've been doing a good job. They're doing more on cuts as well. They're not, they're, they're really trying to take out the whole spot up. I think that they're trying to mitigate the number of spot up shots that they're taking. Uh, they want really good spot up shots, but they, what they don't want is they don't want a lot of these guys creating just yet. And I think I, you know, you can kind of just tell based on the percentages why they're why they're doing that. But I mean, those that I think that we're seeing some offensive evolution. I think we can definitely say over the last really since the Kansas game, we've seen IU 
really trying to do more getting uh, their guards downhill, especially Trey Galloway. I was kind of thinking about this earlier today that it makes sense because, you know, Galloway really doesn't have a whole lot of twitch, but he is like, he's, he's a power back. He's a power running back. You just had him hit the two hole and he's going. And I think that they're doing a lot more of that where they're just trying to get him a full head of steam off some of that zoom action that goes into, you know, that goes into a role. And you're seeing that off of handoffs. So you're getting the same result as, let's say, a pick and roll, but you're doing it a little differently where he's not handling the ball in such a twitch-needed way is what I'm trying to say. Yep. Coach, any other team stats that jump out before we hit a couple of individual ones? Uh, just piggyback on that a little bit. I still like seeing 20 assists, 25 the other day, 20 assists. We, we talked about the offense was kind of fun. Uh, we could be picky about some of the stuff that they did and – you know, 18 turnovers uh, would be another stat, a little too much uh, there. But some of the stats are inflated because of the pace that Kennesaw State matched. And sometimes you got to match that pace. You know, you can't be afraid of a Kennesaw State's pace. And Indiana played at that pace for the most part and got a lot of possessions. So you're going to have a few more uh, of those bad plays. But if you keep assisting the basketball, I don't care what scheme you're running, uh, you're going to be. Uh, good. I, I wrote down shot selection. Uh, I think it was a key for the coaches tonight. Uh, I think they were really locked in on the players who took some bad, some players who took bad shots and not others who took bad shots. Um, but, you know, if, if we do a good job of, of driving that lane, getting downhill, but when traffic is there, getting the ball out and then one more, and then maybe even feeding the post mm -hmm. after a rotation or two, you, you've moved that defense, and I know I, I, I repeat myself over and over again, but the last two games offensively, when that ball's moved and people have moved, Indiana's been scoring some points, and we did it tonight without two starters. Uh, the bench guys coming in, that's another stat. You know, you had yep. so it's six guys in double figures when you are down two players. That's a good stat. Uh, you know, next man up, you had quite a few, uh, and I, I even think the guys who didn't score in double figures contributed. Um you know, I, I, I thought uh, I thought Gunn had, had maybe one mistake. He had one turnover. Um, I, I thought, uh, you know, there was a good rebound uh, and a steal by Cups early. Sparks with his four blocks. He ha he was in double figures. Uh, I think there were, were a lot of contributions tonight, and that's what you want uh, from a team um, without two starters. Yeah, and a, a few other individual numbers that are – interesting to me. Anthony Walker, 0 for 4 from the field in the first half, steps up in the second half, makes all three of his shots. And a couple of those were deep twos against mm -hmm. the zone where he had an opening, but shot it confidently and made it. Uh, I thought Trey Galloway had an understated, really good game tonight, especially on the offensive end. He finishes with 14 points, uh, seven assists and three turnovers. But what I really liked from Trey is in the second half, Nine points, four assists, one turnover. So he cut down on the turnovers, really helped create, helped get things going offensively, uh, you know, when not a lot was going on. That was nice to see. And guys, I mean, Anthony Leal, you know, coach, we played our game of that's true, that might be true, that's ridiculous last night. And we brought up, is it time for Mike Woodson to start thinking about giving some of CJ Gunn's minutes to Anthony Leal? And all of us basically came to the point that we're not ready for that yet. Leo, or, you know, Gunn is the higher ceiling player. You've seen flashes like what you saw against Michigan. Well, Mike Woodson tonight was ready to say that's true because he gave CJ Gunn, CJ Gunn's second half minutes to Anthony Leal. And, you know, Leal only scores two points. And so you can say that he kind of rode the coattails of good performances by other guys. But in his 13 minutes, he was plus 17. 
And, you know, Coach, when we talked about that, we said the argument for Leal is there may be games where you just need someone to come in and be solid, not turn the ball over, get the ball where it needs to go, be in the right position defensively, even if you're going to get take advantage of sometimes athletically. That's exactly what Anthony Leal did, and it kind of felt like what Indiana needed in this game. Um, you know, and so maybe now there is a little bit more situational choices on who plays, you know, and maybe this is, and who knows, I mean, you know, maybe once big 10 play starts, that doesn't happen. And this is a one-time thing, but this was kind of the profile of the game where you might think Aleel would play and he did. And to his credit did exactly what his coach and his team needed him to do, uh, to help get this win. Uh, maybe I'm not sold. Um, congratulations. No, the young man so was ready. Long, I'm not so long. The term, young man was ready. But... He didn't make many mistakes. Um, and he was in there when they, they went to the zone, the zone offense, the ball moved. Um, you know, yeah, I do think there are some times where maybe he can get some play, but if that's the case, why hasn't he played the last two years under Woodson? Mm-hmm. You know, Woodson has decided that he is the 11th or 12th man. That really speaks to the lack of development of the other players. And maybe we are seeing that. But you you said that Leal took Gunn's second half minutes. When's the last time Gunn's really played many second half minutes before Leal? Um, that that's and I don't know how to I don't know how to play that out because if you don't perform in the first half, I get that, I understand that. Um, but you know, one game doesn't mean okay he's now playing and C.J. Gunn's going to be the eleventh man cheerleader on the bench. Well, no because there's repercussions that. No, for that. No, no one is saying that. It's just this may be a window. Well, we, into... No, we just we just fall in love with with recency bias. There's a lot of recency mm-hmm. bias in sports, sure. and we got to be careful of that, right? And and you got to project long term. And, and there's a fine line because you got to play the players who produce. And if Leo produces, you got to put them out there. But there's also a fine line for managing a roster that's not just uh, statistics and awards and, 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 you know, people are down on cups cause he's not in the scorecard, uh, and, and people are, you know, you've got to be careful, uh, because uh, to run a program, there are on the court things, there are off the court things. There are a lot of things that have to be played in. I was proud of Anthony Leal. I do think he could help in, in some situations. I think he's a heck of a passer and he obviously knows what's going on on the court. Um, but I'm one game, um, against Kennesaw State, I'm not ready to say that he's got to play more than C.J. Gunn. No, no, I'm not ready to say it either long term. I just mean this was the type of game where that might work, and it did. Because you do, you have to manage all those big picture things. You also have to manage to win games, and you were down four in the second half. And so he's got enough faith in him to put him in, and he did the things that you would Leo, ask him Leo to But was Leo the reason we won, or was Malik no, Renew and Galloway not. the reason we no, won? No, no, of course he wasn't. I, mean, I, I just think minus, it's a narrative that's... No, but what plus I'm saying is, is a flawed stat. I could have been plus is. 17 no, no. in that it last is. 10 minutes. It's That's why I said he he pretty much rode the coattails of other guys. What I'm saying is sometimes out of that position, you just need a guy who's not going to make mistakes. So Malik can do his thing. So Trey can do his so, thing. That's what it seemed like tonight. So I throw the question out just to coach and to Jared as well. Both you guys is part of the problem. You know, is 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 that the CJ gun is trying too hard that maybe so much of this is he's putting himself in positions where he's actually forcing the game. And at a time where you need steadiness, you're looking at CJ, you're looking at Leal, and the gut check is, I, I, need a, I need a protector. I don't need someone to go in there and make something happen. I've got a bunch of guys too, trying too hard to make it happen. Like, I can see why, why, why Cups gets pulled. He's getting roasted on ball screen coverage. I mean, he, they, were, they were getting downhill on him. 
they you know they needed somebody to come in there and basically put a finger in the in the in the dam for lack of a better term but i i mean do you guys think that we're seeing a lot of that with cj that maybe some of these first half issues he plays eight minutes in the first half and then he's just watching a kid who's forcing a bit too much versus letting the game come to him i i'm gonna go back and watch the last couple games uh of of cj um I don't think he's played well. And I, I see a lot of the comments and all that. I, I don't think that he's really produced well. But the last two games, I don't know that he's played poorly. I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. And maybe it, maybe it is just that protection, that get the ball reversed guy. But then isn't it the responsibility of the coaching staff to have Gunn as, as a second-year sophomore with athletic ability to say move the ball? And if it is and he's not listening, then, yeah, then maybe he shouldn't get first minute. First half minutes and Leo should get first half minutes. Um, it, it's just it's it's just hard to judge. For me, it's hard to judge a kid who gets five minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Sure, it is. It, yeah, it's no. just hard. It's hard. And to say that he's not earning this or he's not capable of this or he's he's I don't. I mean, did he take a bad shot today? I don't think he took a bad shot. I think he missed a couple. I thought he got a steal. He got to the rim. He got fouled. It didn't get called. He had a goaltend. Um, he had a steal. I, I, I was watching those guys off the bench to see what they did well that wasn't stats. And I really didn't think that CJ maybe got lost once on defense. But again, that's a lot of information in five minutes to, to make a, uh, a judgment. Um, but I, 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 do, I do really agree that I do think Leo can come in in absence of X to calm things down a little bit. But I'm just not ready to say that that was – the winning formula tonight more than it was the other players out on the floor. Yeah. That's fair. Fair enough. All right. Uh, coming up on the assembly call, we are going to hand out our game balls and Hoosier hustle award. We'll discuss a few lingering questions and look ahead to what Indiana has coming up on the schedule. That's next on the assembly call. Stick with us. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is Anthony Leal. What's the only thing better than being a hometown Hoosier? Having a friendly place to hang out online after IU games, no matter where in the world you may be. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach right here after every IU basketball game. I had all my segment intros lined up before the game. Just so you know, <laughs> I did not pick that one based on that conversation. These were lined up before the game. Uh, but that was let, very let me clarify, timing. though. <laughs> I thought Anthony Leal did what he was supposed to do. Um, yeah. You know, if we have to play Anthony Leal, then we need a lot more Anthony Leals on the roster and not go after some of the athletes. 
that that's it's just an age old question, right? Uh, of who, I mean, I mean, you need, I, we need I get more guards it. I, we I, can I, trust, Coach. Bottom line, you know that's the what, issue. Okay, just don't. Maybe this is for after after the show, but I can't think of one thing other than a layup um, and directing people that he did outstanding in eleven minutes. Well, but that's that's the point is sometimes there may be games where you just want a guy who doesn't take stuff off the table because you have such an advantage with Malik Renew. You don't want CJ Gunn feeling like he has to score, you know, just from a basketball disposition standpoint. There may be times when the experience of Anthony Leal helps you. I think it did tonight. And so maybe I now, agree. That's, maybe I now agree. that's more of a choice that Woodson is looking to go to, whereas it hasn't even seemed like an option before. And we don't know. We're going to have to see what happens moving forward. And I would say he was much more physical defensively than even Cups was when he was in. I, I felt like he did better defensively, especially on ball. Whereas you know, it, it just just fought through it a little a little better. I, again, I'm not. I and I and I, you, I I'm totally on board with this. That if you're looking at 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 who should be in, you know, you you know, I think one thing we all talked about in the off season was the fate of this team may rest on Caleb Banks and C.J. Gunn taking a step up, and Gosh, I really want to see it from C.J. Gunn. And, and in our maybe, last it, Big Ten I, I do, game, I do too. C.J. Gunn was one of the most important players. So no one's writing him off. I'm not, you know. But at the end of the day, we need more consistency out of those positions, you know. And C.J.'s production has just been very up and down. So I just wonder. I'm not endorsing it myself personally. I just wonder if you're starting to see Woodson rethink it a little bit, you know, and start to open that up. And we'll just have to see, you know, based on what happens. Uh, yeah, I think the answer is yes. And I, I, I don't think that's incorrect necessarily, but. Yeah. We'll see what happens as we move forward here. All right. Time for our game balls. These presented by our friends, Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. As we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, maybe wear hoodies and winter caps on postgame shows, as some people are doing here this evening to fight the cold weather. Uh, they want to make sure everyone right. knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes. Contact Bloom Environmental today and mention Assembly Call for a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. Learn more at bloomenviro.com. All right, Coach Motes, uh, you can go first for the Malik Renew segment. Uh, it, it's uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I, I think it's really hard not to just just hand the game ball right over to Malik Renew. I mean, it the, yeah, that's it's a no brainer. Take the points, take the leadership, take take the second half in particular his performance there. You know, and and playing through mistakes, playing through whatever was being thrown at him, triple teams at times. I mean, anytime you get a guy that hits a hook shot, falls on his butt, and then gets back and gets a steal on the other. I'm going to mention that play again. You know, that's that that's that's a guy that you know, yeah, you're handing him over, you're handing him over a drumstick at the end. You know, that's just what it is. So maybe one way to frame this discussion. I mean, Malik's going to get the game ball. You know, coach, you look at his stat line. The only blemish is the five turnovers. I personally have no issue with the five turnovers because he made so many plays. And so you might not get all now you want to reduce the turnovers. Don't get me wrong. Like the one where he spins and throws it off the backboard. That's probably not necessary, but again, he's a sophomore. And I think you're kind of seeing a guy who's trying to figure out how much can I do in this game? And you're going to run into some limits and some boundaries. And I think that's where you get the turnovers. And some of that will come with vision and experience knowing when the double is coming, all that stuff. I just don't have a big problem with it when you produce like he does because you need a guy to just go out and play free and play confident, which he is. And so if that comes with some turnovers, 
especially for still a young player, I'm just I can't get too worked up about that. So even the one blemish from him, um, you know, I think that's all that's just kind of in there with all the production too, um, for what was just a tremendous game for him. Yeah, he was fantastic tonight. I, 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 he's got to control the basketball a little bit better. Come, that's just decision making. But there is, you know, when you have four assists and five turnovers, you you want your post players at least to be one to one. So he's very close to that. And then you got to go back and look at the turnovers. Were they, um, were they aggressive turnovers going to the rim and the ball got knocked off his knee? So you got to give it to renew. Uh, but he was trying to make a play. I think there were a couple, two or three that way. Um, he had a couple careless passes, which he did a lot earlier in the season, and it's gone away the last couple of days. So I think the whole team is doing better anticipating the double or communicating that double. That's why I brought up that communication earlier. Uh, they did a great job of it for the first 10, 12 minutes, and then that, that one segment they got into, uh, I don't like to call it hero ball, but it's just kids wanting it so bad and, mm-hmm. and feeling their oats a little bit, trying to trying to score and forgetting how they did score in that first 12 minutes. I thought he got caught up in that a little bit. But my goodness, 34 points. When you lose, you know, when you know that uh, X isn't coming back and then you hear where is sick, it's like this is a game that can sneak up and get us. And it, all, it almost did at 68-64, and then he just hitched everyone to his back and said, give me the ball. Do, you, do we know how many he scored in that last 12 minutes when we were down? Um, I know I mean, there's a play-by-play. 21 in the second uh, half. 21 over yeah, so in the second half. That, that, that alone is a game ball. That's what you want from mm-hmm. a high recruit from Mount Vaird in his second year. He, his inside-out game, I, I like throwing him the ball up top high and having him dribble handoff and rolling them into the post instead of just uh, flat-out post feed. Bob, you brought that up. There are only 13 straight post-ups or uh, those types of things. If you, you can move people into the post in a variety of ways, I think Indiana's doing it. Offensively, he was fantastic. And I thought he did all right defensively, too. And what I was worried as a tough matchup uh, with the number of threes. Just an outstanding performance. You know, and I will mention, I thought Anthony Walker did some good things. I mean, we talked about it. You know, 10 points, five boards, you'll take that off the bench. He had four turnovers. Now, that I have an issue with. You know, Anthony Walker, you don't want your role players getting turnovers like that. You want them to come from your star guys like Malik because they're making plays. And I thought a lot of Anthony's were you know, just either careless or him trying to make a play when he shouldn't be the guy trying to make a play if that makes sense. So that's where I and, differ on how I judge those turnovers. And and you got to also look at, you know, a lot of the turnovers when you started looking at where the turnovers were happening, IU gets up 14 in that first half. And all of a sudden you had a lineup where I would think it was uh, cups, cups, gun, Walker banks. And I think sparks was in. And the question then is who's where, where are you going to generate offense from? And so those, you know, you would see those guys kind of forcing, they really weren't all that good in the flow, but I think that is a big, a a big issue with him is that sometimes, you know, he has been known to play a little careless at times where he gets a little bit of tunnel vision. And I think we saw that in the first half and you add onto that, you have a lead. So mentally and coach, you've been through this a hundred times. That 14 point lead is one of the scariest leads in basketball, especially when you get it early. Because all of a sudden you had it and it's gone and then you're reeling the rest of the game because your guys got an over uh, uh, an, uh, uh, an over just an, uh, just overconfident as a result of the lead. And then the other team, they didn't come there to lose. They're going to punch back and they punch you back and you just hope your guys get up, get themselves up off the canvas because that was that that was a lot of that carelessness was just, I think, the complacency of being up by 14. Yep. 
Walker, the thing that I like about Walker is he's had a couple good games, and then I thought the first half he really struggled. And, again, he overcame adversity within the game and really was a big part of that comeback uh, down down four. That's what you want from your young players. You're never going to play perfect all the time, but what do you do uh, throughout the game to overcome the adversity? And so those turnovers didn't bother him. Then they, he was part of that zone action, catching that ball in that 1-4 high zone action they run, and he had, had a nice little baseline jumper you mentioned, Jared. So he wasn't, he wasn't down, and that sometimes – You've seen that with Banks and CJ, too. Like, they play well. Then when they have a bad possession or two, uh, then they start worrying a little bit, and and that mental side goes. Well, Walker's been around uh, the game a long time. It seems like nothing bothers that young man. But, yes, he needs to be better, you know, especially when when to drive, when not to drive, and when to drive and play off two feet and move the basketball and then let that ball come back to him. Sometimes when he goes, he's going to go and shoot no matter what, and sometimes he gets into traffic. Those are turnovers that, yes, do need to be corrected. But I was really pleased with his comeback within the game today. That's one of the things I'll take away from Anthony. Agreed. Okay, who's your Hustle Award time? Hi, this is Anthony Leal, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leal sent you. All right. Thank you, Anthony. Who's your hustle award? Coach Tonsoni, lead us off. I, I, just, I think there's just one, Peyton Sparks. Um, I just, his, he set the tone defensively right away with a couple blocks. The way he rips the rebounds down, like, just get out of here. The way people drive and they fall, they hit him and they just fall flat like a smashed ant, you know. Um, you predicted it, although I think you might have had some information um, that you didn't share with us. But what? anyway, uh, from last night's show, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Sparks, Sparks was fantastic tonight. Block shots, rebounding, scoring in the post. And he hit some free throws. That guy was the definition of hustle and what you want from a young man who wants to be at Indiana, understands that some games he'll play and some games he wasn't. And this is where your point about Leo is probably correct. There are situations where Sparks is going to take some minutes from somebody. And you're probably right that Leo will take some minutes from somebody uh, as well. But Sparks really busted his ass tonight. Um, And – just so glad to see from someone being ready when their number is called. That's Indiana basketball. Peyton Sparks, that's Indiana basketball. Thank you. It, it's what we need. Uh, continue that attitude, young man. That that helps uh, helps in a lot of ways. Hey, Sparks helped make my prediction right, so I've got to go with him for all the reasons that you said, Coach. It was just – because that's, that's exactly what you want from Hustle. He was a tone setter. Um, as you mentioned, Bob, sometimes these games after the holidays, 
You kind of worry, what's everything going to be like? I'm sure that factored into the calculus of why Coach Woodson started him uh, with Khalil Ware out. And he produced. What else What else do you have to say? Or are you, is your vote going in a different direction? I, it's hard for me to find. I mean, you, 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 could, you, you can make a case for a couple other guys, but overwhelmingly a guy plays 14 minutes and almost gets a double-double. And he's getting on the, I mean, it's, and, 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 and the four blocks, like, you know, you, you, you put that on, on a 40 minute and you're talking to my, the, the, the guy would have been a, a triple double numbers there. In, he's a better rim protector than I thought. And obviously he wasn't going he up against can't. any giants in this game, but he's got pretty good timing. It's, it's better than I thought. It's not great, it's, but it's better than it, I thought. It, it definitely, because again, you're talking about a team that, def, that, that depends so much on, on Ware's ability to protect the rim. And you can kind of tell early on, I think they were trying to compensate for that, trying to keep guys out of the lane, which is maybe some of the parts of the overhelp. But in reality, you know, when you look at, at how Sparks, again, there was one play, yeah, he didn't get to steal. He got called for the foul, but he, you know, he, you know, he was holding, but he got he got his hand in the passing lane. I didn't even think he hit the floor on that thing. You know, he just 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 playing hard. If you're going to play 14 minutes, you make every minute count. You make every play count. You make every possession count, and that's that's what he brought to the table tonight. And I think I think his teammates fed off it, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so hey, Lingry, you know what? You don't yeah. even need to nail guy when Sparks is in there. No, you can the guard the three and just just <laughs> drive hammer. in. He's the he's the whole lane. He's the hammer. don't come into my lane. Thou shall not enter. No. No. I am Peyton Sparks, and you are nothing. What what? The, the guy should be bouncing at the Bluebird. I mean, really, you look at this guy. No like, kidding. No, no one, no one's gonna mess with this dude. It's like oh, nil. I'm done. Nil. Uh, yeah. I mean, just just show up to the bird. Just stand and just stand out front and shake hands. As, if, as there's a problem, we're sending him in. <laughs> I am Peyton Sparks, and you are nothing. <laughs> <laughs> come into my come into my lane. Yes, Maybe you will pay. <laughs> Uh, definitely need to pull that clip. Where are we at? 119. Okay. Um, all right. So as we look at lingering questions, chat mobbers, if you have anything that you want us to address, put it in there. You know, we look ahead to what Indiana has coming up. They're playing Nebraska. This is a better Nebraska team. If you haven't been paying attention, this is a decent team. I think they're in the fifties in Ken Palm. Didn't they beat somebody? Did they beat somebody decent? Or am I making that up? Michigan. Was it Michigan State? Oh, well, they beat Michigan State at home. They beat Kansas State away. So, I mean, they've gone and won a road game against a decent team. So, they're not great. But this, you know, may be the best Fred Hoiberg Nebraska team. Um, And we'll see. You know, one of their top guys, Rink Mast, uh, is injured. I'm not sure if he'll be back. Here's my lingering question for you guys. You know, I think... A lot of us expect X to be back from the Nebraska game. A lot of us expected him back this game. So I definitely think he should be ready to go for Nebraska based on what I was hearing about how he was warming up, how he was looking. Expect him to be back. Khalil Ware, we don't know. You know, uh, by all accounts, it was an illness. So who knows if he'll be ready and how many minutes, you know, he'll be he'll be able to play. You know, X, you certainly wouldn't expect him to just step right in and, and assume his normal role. So I guess my question to you and Coach Motes will start with you, you know, if, if the team Indiana has tonight is the one they have to take on the road against Nebraska, maybe with a limited X and maybe a limited Khalil Ware, can this team go win road big 10 games against a team, the caliber of Nebraska? I'd say, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, and, and again, I look at it from a coach's lens. So every time you look at a game, you're going, you know, here's how you're going to have to win. And I think against Nebraska, where you have to defend the perimeter well and you have to really just take them and disrupt their actions, I think that, I, again, I, th- I think Galloway and Cups match up pretty well against their backcourt. 
um, they do they'll, they'll they'll do they'll do fine in that in that area. I also think that they're not as going to be as as head of steamish as some of the other teams that that we've seen. And the other thing is, I I guess Kansas, the two Big Ten games, you know, this team has shown at times they know. I, I think some of the problems they've run into early on is that they they're, they're playing teams that well, who's Kennesaw State, and we should just we should roll these guys. And I think once they get in the Big Ten, and I could be wrong about this, but I think that you know they kick it up if they kick it up to a notch, if they can play. 40 minutes or 30 minutes of the 40 like they played the last 10 defensively from an from an effort and an execution standpoint they should be able to handle nebraska coach yeah i i I don't think there's a i don't think there's a team you know uh that really you, you go into any game thinking indiana can't what level of play do they have to execute in order to pull that off is the question and with with some injuries that we know of and some absences and some injuries. You know, Malik stumbled there for a little bit, but he bounced back and seemed to overcome whatever bothered him. And I think it was in the first half. And then is Mbako uh, nursing anything for, you know, was that the reason that he set? That's not the ideal way you want to go into your first, uh, you know, road game of the second part of the season against a team that's hungry uh, and, and has shown that it's capable. It is going to take a, a pretty solid effort. It's not the Nebraska of old. Uh, it it will be, um, you know, have to guard the three-point line better, but keep playing offense the way you've played the last two games because they're, even without those two, there are enough weapons. And the way Indiana has shared the basketball with a large number of assists, and as Bob said, the actions that they're running – there are not so many stationary post-ups with the standing going on. They've made that adjustment. Yeah, Indiana can win um, against uh, Wisconsin. The expectation is that they're going to win uh, against uh, Wisconsin, and you need Nebraska. the bench guys to con- – or Nebraska. Uh, they're red. Then another Wisconsin in, in the next week. That's my final thoughts there. Your first three games are huge for the NCAA tournament. Um and I think we go Nebraska at home against Ohio State, and then Wisconsin maybe Rutgers in that, in that Rutgers. next week Rutgers. or Rutgers. Yep. So three games that boy, if Indiana can go three and zero, they're really going to be a lot better than what we're thinking they are right now. But um, yeah, I, I I expect Indiana to go in there and win. But the margin for error, fellas, is really really small with the way they've played all year with the players and without the players that have been injured. So got to play a, a lot better than they did tonight. Yep. Um, all right. So remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME23 at checkout. That'll get you 15% off your first order. Gentlemen, it is time for last call. As Indiana beats Kennesaw State by 13, the Hoosiers entered today 84th and Ken Palm. Does anybody want to guess where they are now? I know the answer. <laughs> Coach Donsoni, you want to guess? Did we rise uh, or fall? I have it pulled I have it pulled up as well. <laughs> we have fallen to 87th, uh, but that's okay. Another trivia question for you, Coach. Do you recall the last time an Indiana player scored 30-plus points? I do not. Shavito! Oh, but you do. Oh, but you do. <laughs> I do. No, I don't. Oh, not don't. really. I didn't. <laughs> other, than that, other than that sound bite, it's kind of cloudy. <laughs> Maybe you don't. All right, let's go to last call. Coach Motes, you first. Uh, just, um, just again, you know, we, 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 we ended this, I think the way we all kind of thought it was going to be from a result standpoint. 
if you asked us, you know, at the beginning of the season when that schedule came out, right before the exhibitions, I think most of us said, I'll take 10 and 3 going into 2024. And as you know, we talk a lot, you know, my program talk about good, bad, and the ugly. You know, the ugly has been the way they've gotten there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not been it's not been pretty to watch at times. But a young team hasn't been snake bit like a lot of programs. I think Michigan lost tonight too, uh, which makes me yep. one of our drops in Ken Palm. So, you know, you take those sort of buy games or the just out of the just out of the high majors. And there were some games that IU could have been nipped on and just weren't and found a way to win. And maybe that is a character building exercise. Maybe the experience helps them through the through through what is always a grueling Big Ten season. But at the end of the day, from a results standpoint, at least from a record standpoint, you know, they're sitting at 10 and three which was pretty much, I think, again, where we kind of thought they would be. And that, you know, if you're looking to get to 22, 23 wins, which I think is what it's going to take to go to the NCAA tournament, and I'll defer to my good friend, Coach Tonsoni, who knows this a lot better than I do. But if you can get to that 22, 23 win point, getting 10 right now helps. Coach, last call. Yeah, it's better to win, and and the thing I'm taking away from it, uh, it kind of goes along with what Bob said, is um, we found ways to win and haven't really played, you know, solid basketball. Uh, you know, we've had some games where we've played a, a lot of good basketball. Uh, you know, the two Big Ten wins are nice, but the style of basketball hasn't been good, but we've won games. Players within games have overcome adversity. We've lost a couple players to injuries, and you're sitting at 10-3 and three while other programs have taken you know losses. Michigan State's taken losses to teams they shouldn't have, although James Madison's now ranked. Um, so, so the bottom line is winning, uh, but unfortunately for the tournament purposes, you, you got to win, and your style and your analytics have to be good. That's that's the reality. I am on a season-long struggle on how to judge this team. Very happy uh, that they're 10-3. and three. Understand why they're 10-3. and three. Uh, But wishing also that they were a better 10-3 than, than than what they are, are, are right now. And you go back and forth between uh, th- those types of things. So uh, just going forward, win. Next game. Next game, next game. As a coach, what do you got to do to beat Nebraska at Nebraska? Get the guys healthy if you can possibly do that. Uh, decide how you're going to play those guys' minutes. Are you going to start them and then less minutes or less minutes come off the bench? A lot of decisions between now and Wednesday on, on what's going to happen for this Indiana roster. And then make sure your bench guys are okay. You know, you just got to make sure that everyone's still, you know, we believe Coach Woodson is a great communicator. When, when you get limited minutes or you have a bad game, that's when the great communicator really does his work. You know, are you in that locker room? Do you have to, you know, bark at someone or is it time to put your arm around someone? You know, we kind of trust Coach Woodson. That's one of his strengths that none of us see, uh, that, but that we've heard a lot about. He's going to need to do that with some some players now because of, of how they've played and, and what they need. So uh, just, just an interesting year. I, was, I wasn't as sold on this team at the beginning of the year but it's even been below my reduced expectations uh, for, for how it's played with the personnel that they, they have. So I'm just looking for some bright spots to continue. Uh, getting a win on the road against Nebraska will be solid. Then come home and just beat the crap out of the Buckeyes, and you're 4-0 in the Big Ten and get that mojo going. Everyone gets happy. That's how you can turn a season around and get some quality wins to get in that tournament. 
I mean, I think it's perfectly fair to be ambivalent about, you know, these first 13 games. You know, Bob, to your point, 10 and 3, I think a lot of us would have signed up for 10 and 3. You know, so it, 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 the what is okay. The how has been the issue. You know, on a per-possession basis, this team has just had a lot of stretches of poor basketball. To their credit, they've been able to win games, and that's the bottom line. And I do think it means something to build the muscle memory of winning. And this is a team that when they get in close games, they're going to believe they can win, just like they did it on the road at Michigan. Now, McNeese State just went in and beat Michigan by 10 mm-hmm. you know, on the road. So, you know, who knows? But still, that was a young team, their first road game. They did it. There are things to hang your hat on that have been good. But for those who feel pessimistic, look no further than Indiana starting 50th in Ken Palm and dropping to 87th despite winning 10 out of their 13 games. That's not the be-all, end-all, but it does give you an indication of how this team has played compared to other teams in the country. And so now we sit here on the precipice of returning to Big Ten play, in my mind, not really knowing what to expect. We talked on Assembly Call Radio how you know Tom Crean's third team at the very same point in the season was nine and three, and proceeded to go like you know three and fifteen in Big Ten play. Now I'm certainly not predicting that. I don't think anybody is, but. Going 10 and 3, 9 and 3 is no guarantee of good days to come. And that team had some good players, you know, some guys who turned into pretty good players, you know. But at the same time, we haven't seen this team at full strength very much. And they missed a lot of time to be able to gel together with Xavier Johnson. Hopefully, X can come back against Nebraska or soon thereafter with, you know, a renewed focus and feeling better, uh, you know, health wise and is able to gel and we get Khalil Ware back, I just want to see this team at full strength and see what they can be. And so it feels like what we have seen hasn't been very good, but then we also haven't been able to fully see them develop and play together. There's just a lot of unanswered questions. You know, ultimately this team did the minimum that it needed to do to put itself in a position here, you know, coming into Big Ten play to still have those NCAA tournament goals out there in front. You may have to win 12 or 13 games, but that's possible. They didn't stub their toe and put themselves way behind the eight ball. Now they've just got to get better, play more consistent basketball, have guys like Malik Renew continue to step up, have guys like X come back and get healthy. Maybe Trey Galloway gets more consistent. You know, maybe you see a guy like Caleb Banks use a game like today to start becoming more productive. These are the things that need to happen. And a lot of times these are the things that separate teams that have a good Big Ten season from those that don't. And player development within this season was always going to be important. We need to see it now. uh, And hopefully we will moving forward. And hopefully it starts next Wednesday against Nebraska. All right. That is going to do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com. Join our free email newsletter. So much good stuff coming out of there. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thank you to John Ringer of RigDesign.com for designing our logo. Thank you, as always, for listening and for being here live. We'll be back on Wednesday after the Nebraska game to talk IU hoops with you again. Until then. Take it from me, Thomas Bryant. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Shoot the ball. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come. This is Don Sony. All right. Well, Bob, thanks for joining us. Always thanks great for to having have me. You. Go subscribe to X's and Joe's. Yes. New episode. It's a fantastic coming. show. Thank it you is. again. Thank you. It, Bob, you know, it, this... it's, it's fun. But you want to hear, I, uh... Coach, do you realize they're already ranked ahead of us on the Apple podcast charts in basketball? X's and Joe's Holy ranked cow. ahead of the assembly call. Yeah.
Look at these guys already. One episode. All right, Bob. They're going. They're going. It's yeah, all Mike Weeman. So... It's all no, Mike Weeman. Bob, you're sh- literally all Mike Your show Weeman. sucks. <laughs> don't go. Don't listen to don't it. Watch it. Don't, don't watch go it. listen to it. It sucks. No, it's horrible. That most is crazy. No, but but ser- <laughs> seriously, no, uh, I had a ton of questions. It was just good stuff to to realize over 30 years what you guys have been looking at, and then the research that you've done and the numbers um that you put together uh i I know i asked a ton of questions in the discord right after i listened um it's just really 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 interesting it's good stuff it it what 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 mike's taught me over 30 years has been how incredibly narrow the landing strip is to create a national contender and you know we we, going back to the leal versus gun conversation i mean you look at that and okay no, you 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 need high ceilings because high ceilings, especially in your six, seven, eight, nine spots, and a guy who's what six five, six six with his weight and his athleticism, mm-hmm. that's that's who you see in the second weekend. Or no, you see them throughout the tournament anymore. And that you know, we look at Kempom right now, for example. I I I, I I've noticed in the last decade, and I think we can all agree on this. Nobody's lousy anymore. It used to be you had lousy <laughs> basketball teams in Division One. Yeah. Now. You have, you know, any given Sunday, any given night, weird things can happen. And not just weird things, but it's like you better respect your opponents. And because you have, again, a lot of guys who are working on personal trainers, a lot of guys who are elevating their game, a lot of guys who are entering the portal, you know, going from power five programs to low major or even even lower tier programs and guys coming up through those ranks. It it really it's 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 an interesting it's just interesting to kind of watch. So, yeah, Mike and I are having a good time doing it. Yeah. Bob, where you're right on that, and, and it's a belief too, like your your mid-majors and your smaller conferences are getting some of the high school kids that used to go uh, and be the fourth or fifth recruit in a class at your power five or power six schools, you know, uh, because those schools are now going to the transfer portal and only maybe recruit. It'd be interesting to see, you know, what what in the next two or three years, what effect it has on the rankings of who actually gets recruited. And so those some of those guys that I don't know the sweet spot numbers. I'm so excited about hearing the next one and, and really understanding what you're talking about. But some of those kids that hit that are outside the top of what everyone sees, some of those are now going to your Indiana States and they go for two years and then they come up and then you have those transfers down. Uh, everyone focuses on the transfers up, but you have transfers down that go and play. And it kind of it's not parity because I don't think everyone's even. But I think that you're absolutely right that they're. There really isn't uh, anyone that you can take super lightly, although uh, Detroit Mercy is 0-14, so maybe they don't um, fit the Man, bill. Just, a, you're, you're just absolutely... a bad stretch for Detroit basketball here. Detroit Mercy, Detroit Pistons. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's right. Oh, that's horrible. Jeez. Horrible. But it's a question yes. that um, interesting to see where you go on, on this podcast because you have schools like Wisconsin and Purdue that recruit a certain kind of kid and maximize those kids, but they have trouble in the tournament. They win a lot of games, but they have trouble uh, short of a year or two getting to the Elite Eight or Wisconsin to the championship game. Uh, their style is not to go out and get the the top-level athletes. So the question is, you know, that, that fine line, how do you balance those five stars with those the Leals and what we hope Banks and C.J. Gunn, those four-year players? Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how all that pans out uh, for – for college basketball with all the stuff. It, it really is. And, and and just kind of piggyback, it's going to be interesting to see how the Big Ten develops. I mean, a year from now, we have the, the big game change coming with the two California schools 
Oregon and Washington coming over and they're getting a different type of player in the Pac-10. They're getting a different type of a, a, a different type than what we're used to seeing in the Big Ten, where I, I mean, I think we all you know, we've seen it. The Big Ten is very system oriented. You have to have good systems. You have to, you know, every, you, know it, it, you get a lot of system buckets. I mean, Purdue, it's all most of what they're getting is off of their systems, what they're running and, you know, just guys making the right reads out of it. You look at Auburn. Yeah, they run, you know, they ran a couple little flex plays against us that was interesting, but it doesn't matter what Bruce Pearl runs, he's gonna have guys that can create. And that's gonna be a question, I think, for Big Ten teams going down, you know, when when do things start catching up to the Wisconsin's or the Purdue's? Or have they figured something out? Is their slow and steady wins a race attitude gonna win gonna be gonna be something? You know, that, that's what we're gonna get as we go through the pod, we get through some of the foundational stuff. The next one's gonna be about coaching ten years. And we're gonna, you know, tie some uh, some mob movie hits in in with how coaches uh, exit, but uh, <laughs> it 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 uh it, it's it, it's gonna be an interesting conversation to kind of just see. Well, we don't really know where it's going, but it's going somewhere. And we, but we know at the end of the day, it's a lot better to have talent that's working in a disciplined structure than it is just have a disciplined structure with talent that may not be at a level where they can stop five guys that can hit a three point shot and drive on you. Looking forward to listening. Good stuff. It is good Be stuff. Fun. And we always appreciate you coming on the show, Bob. Oh, always great, great insight, to be As hey, always. Homefield needs an assembly called Beanie. Ooh. They do. Just throwing that out there. They do. They do when, have an assembly call? No, no. No, they need – I'm sorry. They do need one. Oh, I was okay. agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, agreeing with you. Yeah, that or our little BHN logo, one of those. By the way, we man. We do have uh, – Hey. We do we have, have one of those, don't well, we? We don't have them don't, for sale anywhere, but I have a box of them. I'm going to bring them to the meetup. I, I'm going to say again, real quick. You know, Galen did a heck of a job tonight. Um, can't remember the young man who did the did the color. Uh, Austin Render. Austin Render. Thank you. Yep, yep. I remember Trisha Whitaker. I don't know her personally, but I know a lot of people who do, including you know my my childhood best friend did the weather on Channel Four when she did the sports. I think my cousins went to high school with her. Just great seeing the three of them just do do such a great job on that broadcast tonight. Um, and just it was great. It was also really cool. Again, shout out to Trisha. It was just great seeing you on my big screen TV again. So just glad you know glad 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 you did that tonight. Good lesson for the Big Ten Network. More IU grads. More, More IU, IU grads. grads, please. They do great work. Yeah, so proud of you. Well, and the students awesome. do. I like the students. Yeah, we, students I watch too. a lot of the Big Ten. The Big Ten stuff uh, from other schools, baseball and basketball, because I get the subscription. I watch all that. And the IU students by far outclass uh, what goes on at the other schools. Uh, So, yeah, more students, more alumni. Just fantastic. That's right. That is right. Fantastic, fantastic. Enjoy – what is it? Is it Friday? Enjoy your Friday. It is Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Celebrate safely on New Year's Eve. And uh, I don't know, we may have some content between now and Wednesday um, on the site. So go to assemblycall.com. I don't know if we'll have a podcast, but we'll see what happens. It's a long time, it feels like, between now and Wednesday. So we'll have something for you, and they'll definitely be Five back days. Wednesday for, uh, for the Nebraska. Well, this might, I think, is this our longest gap now for the rest of the season? I think it probably is. Probably. So get ready. Probably. Rest up and let's go, because this is going to be – there's not going to be one minute to rest in Big Ten play. It feels like there's going to be just so much tension on every possession. So get ready. Here we go. All right, everybody. We will talk to you soon.